The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Doctor's Lounge Show with Dr. Scott Barber. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber, and you're listening to me on America's Web Radio. Got a great show for you guys today. We were talking last week about how important it is for us to think for ourselves, to think critically, and to understand the world that we are living in. And I spend most of my life thinking about healthcare, how to improve healthcare. I think about the journey that I have been through uh, to become a doctor, about all the patients that I've treated. And I was born to do this. I was born to be a doctor. It's in me. Uh, I don't see it as work. Um, it's a calling, and I feel blessed by God that he instilled that in me and then gave me an opportunity to be able to help people and treat people. And a lot of my waking hours are spent thinking about my patients and better ways to care for them. And I've always been an independent thinker because that's the way I was trained. When I started medical school in 1992 at St. Louis University, which was a Catholic uh, university, I had mentors that would teach me uh, to always think for myself, never just follow the crowd, understand that everything has bias in it, to read literature critically, and to always reflect ethically on what you're doing. You know, the Hippocratic Oath is to do no harm. And so I think about these things all the time. And as I went through my career, I started to understand that free market healthcare was a far superior method of delivering healthcare equitably, uh, the quality of it, the cost of it. It's just far superior than a one size fits all government run, uh, socialized medicine system. And it's also just common sense, right? We all go to the DMV and we recognize that the DMV is not the greatest place of customer service. And that's not to say that you can't go to the DMV on occasion and have a great experience. But in general, the DMV is not really built towards customer service. And everything that I've really experienced in my life going forward has done nothing but strengthen my belief that free market healthcare is the way to go. Now... I've also understood as I've gotten older that uh, there's a lot of corruption out there. I always talk about the fact that when I was first coming out of school, I was very naive. I remember having the thoughts in my head that, well, well, they're adults, so they must be following the rules and they must be, uh, you know, they must be on the up and up. I used to think to myself as a young doctor, it's like, well, it's a legitimate business. They wouldn't do anything um, unethical or immoral. Uh, and I found that that has uh, not exactly been the case. In fact, that uh, corruption, uh, the fact that agencies that we depend on to protect us are not, not necessarily acting in our best interest. They're acting in their own best interest. And that's really a fundamental truth about the world that we live in is that people operate in their own self-interest. They look out for themselves. They look out for their families. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And that's the beauty of free market capitalism is that you go into deals between buyers and sellers and 
a transaction occurs when the deal is good for the buyer and good for the seller. And when I was a kid, they used to teach us caveat emptor, buyer beware. That was a big thing. And now I don't really see young people being taught that anymore. I'm looking at the collapse of healthcare, and believe me, just in my time as a doctor, so I started medical school in 1992, so I've been in medicine for just over 30 years now as as both a student and a practicing physician, and I can tell you that the collapse in the doctor-patient relationship has been very severe because of the increasing penetration of government control over our healthcare. And the more we empower these bureaucracies and disempower the doctors and the patients, uh, the less uh, we have control over our health care. We get worse care. We're getting more costly care. And we're generally just getting denied care. And I think most people that have had to uh, engage with the health care system, if you've been unfortunate enough to get sick or injured and you have to actually access the uh, system, you see just how corrupt it is with your massive deductibles, your massive co-pays, and the way your your actual care is is denied uh, in every possible way. And I can tell you that as I'm hiring new doctors and I start to talk to them, you know, I remember when I first got out of training, you know, I've been in training for 13 years. I was really chomping at the bit to spread my wings and to, you know, show the world what I, what I've got and to really uh, do, do what I thought was best for my patients to develop our, our treatment plans together. And, I didn't really appreciate older people kind of coming in and telling me how to do it. And that's a natural reaction. You know, after a very long time of practicing your craft, whatever it is, you know, you want to practice your craft. And so I've got young doctors that are coming out of training and I'm trying to be respectful of their independence and their freedom, but at the same time, uh, trying to help them. And I've come to realize that they're learning something different these days than what I was taught. And it almost seems like they're so reticent to deliver care. Everything is always more of nothing. So somebody comes in, they have an injury, and you say, okay, well, let's try maybe an injection. Let's do six weeks of physical therapy, see how you do. You'll come back after six weeks of physical therapy. How you doing? I'm actually doing worse. It hasn't worked at all. And there's just no appetite to do anything else. It's like, well, let's try another six weeks of physical therapy. And I'm thinking to myself, do something. There's so many other options available, but it almost seems as if the students that are coming out are taught differently and they're conditioned uh, to deny care because that's what the system wants, right? We heard uh, Barack Obama back in the day talking about the implementation of Obamacare that, you know, maybe the pill would be better for you, right? Um, and, you know, you hear these ghouls uh, talking about uh, end-of-life care, and it's always kind of like, well, you know, you're 70 years old, you had a good life, like maybe you should just go away and die. Uh, these are just not not normal thoughts, and I really thought that things would change because it's just so absurd, but yet we now live in a time when a medical doctor is more likely to get in trouble for opposing the genital mutilation of our children with these transgender uh, clinics going around. The medical boards are actually supporting this. Uh, and this open discussion of murdering babies after they're born, we saw Governor Ralph Mortham in Virginia talking about that infamous uh, tape where he said, uh, you know, well, the baby will be born, it will be made comfortable uh, while a decision is made, and normal people like me are like, 
a decision about what? Like, what are you talking about? That's a human being right there. And you're talking about the baby will be made comfortable while we decide if we're going to execute it or not. So we have really fallen uh, on bad times. And we're going to need people to really become engaged so that we can move the pendulum back in the in another direction and get away from this, um, you know, whatever they call it, post-human modern uh, view of the world. Now, I've talked to you guys or I've spoken to you guys about my friend from college who called me up early in the COVID pandemic and he said, hey, I need to I need the skinny. What's going down? And I told him, do you want the short version or the long version? He said, you know, I don't want to be here for all day, but, you know, tell me what's going on. And so I broke the whole thing down and he looked at me or he, you know, he said to me, Scott, uh, I hear what you're saying. And I, I ended the conversation with like, you know who I am, like I'm a regular guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not some crazy person. I'm not some fanatic. I'm just a regular guy. You know, I've been married to the same woman for 30 years. I got my two kids. You know, I was uh, captain of the football team, all that. kind. I'm just a regular guy. I went to school, uh, got my degrees and uh, never really been in trouble. And uh, he goes, yeah, yeah, I get that you're that. But what you're asking me to believe is that the whole world is involved in a conspiracy on this COVID with these vaccines and all this. And I think we've done a pretty good job over the last year of demonstrating how the confluence of political power and monetary gain has really influenced a lot of the behaviors that we see. And while uh, different entities may not be in direct collusion with one another, they piggyback on one another. And I'm really trying to lay out the case that it is more imperative now that we think for ourselves that we maintain control over our own destinies, our freedom of our everything, you know, particularly our health care. Because in the world that we live in, there is no chance that somebody else is going to look out for you more than you are going to look out for yourself. There is no other entity. I know we want this. We all have this sort of instinct within us that we want somebody to just take care of us, that we can trust. We don't want the hassle. But the fact of the matter is that's just not the world that we live in. And I think in the age of COVID, the veil was removed from so many different people and I want to start pointing that out to people because, um, as I've pointed out on this show many times, I think I saw the playing field a lot differently than a lot of people uh, as COVID was being rolled out because I had a medical education and I worked in the healthcare field and I had access to a lot of information that other people didn't have. And I understood it. So I understood about vaccines. I understood about the way hospital systems work. I understood about the medications. Uh I understand about epidemiology and all of this. And I want to try and connect dots and help you guys see what I'm seeing. And one of the first things I would say is uh, the media is not only spin, right? We'd always, we've always known that, you know, you could watch CNN and MSNBC and that was so-called uh, liberal media. And then you'd watch Fox news uh, and that was so-called conservative media. And now we know Fox News is also liberal media. They just try and camouflage it better by appearing to be conservative. But at the end of the day, 
they're mostly a liberal organization. And when I say liberal, what I'm talking about is the uniparty, right? These are the people that want a centralized command center of smart people, of elite people to run things, and they want us uh, regular folks to kind of stay out of the equation. And that's what socialized medicine is about, right? They want the government to control the resources and the type of care that you get, and they don't want pesky doctors and patients getting in the way by having their own independent thoughts about what they want. Uh, and so I'll always explain to people, you know, I used to watch CNN, you know, back in the day when Earl James Earl Jones was doing the commercial with his amazingly deep voice and he'd be, this is CNN. And it was powerful. And I was like, man, that's so cool. It's CNN. But over the years, they started lying to me blatantly and I could see it. And as a rational person, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to watch people who lie all the time. And so I've been trying to show you clip after clip after clip of these people lying to try and encourage you guys not to listen to them either. You know, and I'm not saying there's anybody out there who doesn't have a bias to them. They do. But we need to learn to look at information and be able to recognize when we're being manipulated, when we may be you know, when we may be in the process of being manipulated or when we're just flat out being lied to. And sometimes uh, you need need somebody to help connect the dots. Now, um, <clears throat> I'm going to start off with this uh, aggregation. I'm going to play this clip that I got off of Twitter. Uh, this is um, uh, this is like one of the most important clips of the decade, beautifully illustrating our descent into pharma, uh, world economic forum type tyranny, uh, and it shows the evil history, the pure lies. And all the different people that are involved in this, right? These are pop culture icons, comedians, both Republican and Democrat from MSNBC, from Fox, CNN, the famous Arnold quote. Remember Arnold during the pandemic? Screw your freedom. Take your damn vaccine. Uh, and then I like to bring up the fact that I was watching the Arnold um, uh, series or the Arnold special on, I think it's Netflix, where Arnold talks about his father being a Nazi soldier coming back from World War II and kind of being demoralized after that uh, ex experience. Uh, and I can understand why. And that, you know, Arnold didn't have maybe the greatest relationship with his father. This is Arnold's story. He's telling it. So for all those people out there watching me, I'm just, you know, I'm just sharing what I saw on Arnold's show. And it just kind of made it's just I'm making an interesting connection. Right. Arnold's telling me to screw my freedom over this vaccine thing, which, by the way, I had a lot of information about and I did not want it. I made an assessment there that I was not really at risk from this new disease COVID. Uh, and I knew that new vaccines have a problem, particularly this one. And I'm going to get into this a little bit later because now as things are starting to come to light, you know, that the Wuhan virus most likely did come from a lab leak in China, uh, that masks don't work. Uh, that the vaccines don't work. And now we're starting to see the vaccines are actually um, have some very negative side effects. I think uh, all of us are, if we're being honest with ourselves, we didn't really get used to seeing young, healthy athletes kind of dropping dead or dropping seriously sick on the uh, sports fields. And, you know, we've seen it all too many times. Uh, but they're starting to uh, come off with this narrative that, 
well, you know, at the time, this is how we saw the evidence and all that. And this is just flat out not true. And I'm going to tell you, from my perspective, I knew what was going on right from the very beginning. Not because I'm the smartest person in the world, but because I was a rudimentarily (laughs) educated person on the subject. And I knew, like, okay, so we got all these respiratory illnesses and we don't have vaccines that work for them, right? The flu vaccine was kind of the most common one that people are aware of. And I think we've all been... uh We've all had the experience of, you know, the flu vaccine is not a guarantee, right? We've just kind of been conditioned. We have to go take it. But how many times have you gotten the flu vaccine when you weren't sick? And then right after you got the shot, you got sick, you know, and then uh, sometimes I have a bad reaction to the vaccine. And I can just say during COVID, I actually started researching the flu vaccine. And some years it's like as low as 4% effective. And this makes sense to me because these type of respiratory illnesses, these viruses, have the capacity to mutate very easily. And that's why the vaccines don't typically work. And this was just common knowledge that I had. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so we've been trying for like ever to create vaccines to block a lot of these diseases, but they haven't been successful. And so when it came to COVID, I'm just using my own kind of common sense. We haven't done it so far, so it's probably not going to happen now. And sure enough, it didn't. And then you got all these people that were in charge that were forcing us to take the vaccine saying, well, you know, at the time I thought it was going to work. Why? I went to medical school. I kind of knew it wasn't going to work. I'm sure you had to as well. And that's where my antenna goes up. And so now I want to dig deeper. So one of the other things I think that is really telling was there became this push to get vaccinated at all costs. And I think a lot of people out there were kind of making the same rational decision that I was making, which was even though they were trying to prevent us from getting any data, it was still kind of okay to get it where you would say to yourself, well, I don't think I'm really at risk of this disease and I'm not really wanting to take a new experimental vaccine. How do we know it was new and experimental? They told us it was new and experimental. So we just wanted to not take it and they wouldn't allow it. It was you have to take the vaccine or you're a murderer. If you don't take the vaccine, you're a murderer. And I was just like, what is up with this? So I want to take a little trip down memory lane, and I want to remind you guys of what it looked like when we were in the heat of the pandemic, and some of us just didn't want to get vaccinated. Remember remember what they said. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. You are the unvaccinated. You are the problem. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem, period, end of story. The only people that you can blame. Don Lemon. The only people you can blame. This isn't shaming. This is the truth. Maybe they should be shamed. But the unvaccinated. It's time for the shot. Blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. Anyone you came into contact with will blame you. As will the rest of us who have done the right thing by getting vaccinated. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. Okay, for doctor. our moral house in order, Anderson. CNN. It's the unvaccinated who are the threat. All the vaccinated folks are going to start wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated the folks. It's called a Christian value. Christian. Basically Christian. punishing the vaccinated uh, for the the sins of the unvaccinated. People are not behaving honorably. The unvaccinated are basically saying, well, it's open Clown season for me. I can CNN. do whatever I want as well. The, the unvaccinated are basically beating their breasts and running around the country saying, the we don't care, we're living free and so forth. We've been patient. 
just straight Your patience clown. is wearing thin. The unvaccinated, a group that includes children and people acting like children. Idiot. And the rest of us are starting to get uh, pissed off. The vaccinated and the unvaccinated are making me upset or angry. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No. Screw you. Screw your the other freedom. day, Howard Stern weighed in with a much different approach. We'll Take a look. <laughs> when are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say, you now, it's mandatory to get vaccinated. Their freedom. You're treading on freedom. our freedom and you're making other people sick and really you're killing other people. The anti-vaxxers, they seem to have a thing for death and home remedies. Liar. Anti-maskers turned anti-vaxxers are not just putting their own lives at risk. If that was the issue, we could just say that we can watch them compete to win place or show in the Darwin Awards. We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research. And don't get me started on the lunatics who won't take any of the COVID vaccines. Life is too short to be an ass. Fox News, Neil Cavuto. I've been on his show. To be ignorant of the promise of something that is helping people worldwide. Maybe you're doing it because um, you're, you're disconnected or disorganized. Maybe you have some sympathetic psychological reasons, but maybe you're just being. You know, I just want to inter- interject there. We got a, a little bit more. I want you guys all to listen to this, but I want you to understand these are late night comedians. These are politicians, Republican and Democrat. Um, these are scientists, doctors that are being paid to come on and say these things. And I have to ask the question. Um, they're not all that stupid, right? It's not like every one of them like, oh, I just made an honest mistake. So you have to ask yourself, what's going on here? You know what I mean? There, It's just the intensity with which it's, you know, at first it's like, well, you should get vaccinated, but, and let me try and convince you because it's good and this and that. And then they slowly sort of transformed into this, you're a murderer if you don't get vaccinated. We're sick of it. We're not going to treat you. I think we got one of the clips coming up. If you're in the ICU and you didn't get vaccinated, Jimmy Kimmel, just die. We're going to kill you. I mean, listen to these sick, sick, sick people. Antisocial. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. Those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price. The unvaccinated should be taxed. Uh, they should pay more for health care. We need to start looking at the choice to remain unvaccinated. Dr. Lena Wen, CNN, an embarrassment. We're going to see, and I've said, almost two types of America. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Pointing back to the unvaccinated. Okay, I think that's Jimmy Kimmel, I think. He is the most annoying to me. The guy is a comedian, so he doesn't know anything. He, he, he's getting these laughs from people who don't know anything talking about the horse goo, right? That's ivermectin. Uh, ivermectin, you mean that medicine that absolutely totally does work? And we just, I've played it over and over again, how now the CDC does say you can use ivermectin to, to treat COVID. That's not like we just learned that, uh, since people were banned and canceled for saying it. It's just the apparatchiks, the control, the media and the healthcare uh, ecosystem, they banned it. And then when the information got out there, uh, then they had to kind of let it go. But why would you listen to this guy ever again? 
I mean, why would you do it? They are bum-rushing you into what's turning out to be a horrible decision if you got yourself vaccinated, or God forbid, your children, uh, that, um, you know, they're basically browbeating you to do this. And I just, my only hope here is that people will start to recognize what's going on, that we're being manipulated. Who are really creating a problem in this country. Every death that we are seeing from COVID could have been prevented. Literally the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. For those of you, so... So here's the the uh, So you got this montage of people that are basically uh attacking us. We are calling us murderers, those of us who had questions about vaccination and uh, to be clear on this show, I never flat out said don't get vaccination. What I said was everybody has a risk analysis to make for themselves, right? And the the risk analysis was if you were older and you had comorbid conditions, it might be worth the chance to take the vaccine. And if you were young and healthy, maybe you wouldn't. That's all I was saying. And for asking the question, we were pilloried in this way. And now that things have come out, come to light to show that these people were absolutely wrong, it's like there's no accountability there. There's no contrition on their part. And so... The other question I would ask is a sentient being is, if you're lying to me about that, what else are you lying to me about? And it really doesn't matter because I would never listen to these people about anything because I know they almost never do anything but lie to us. Now, I remember my friend from college saying, like, you're asking me to believe the whole world is involved in a conspiracy. How is this even possible? And You know, it's not really that the whole world is involved in a conspiracy. It's just everybody is motivated by certain pressures. And so we now know uh, from um, release data that more than two-thirds of Congress cashed a pharmaceutical check uh, in 2020. This is from New Stat Analysis. So uh, we're looking here, and it says... 72 senators and 300 members of the House of Representatives cashed a check from the pharmaceutical interest industry ahead of the 2020 election. This represented more than two-thirds of Congress, according to a new stat analysis of records for the full election cycle. Pfizer's Political Action Committee alone contributed to 228 lawmakers. Amgen's PAC donated to 218, meaning uh, that each company helped to fund the campaigns of nearly half the lawmakers on Capitol Hill. Overall, the sector donated $14 million. The breadth of the spending highlights the drug industry's continued clout in Washington, and even after years of criticism from Congress and the White House over high prices, it remains routine for the election officials to regulate the healthcare industry uh, to accept six-figure sums. So it's not that hard to understand, right? You get paid and you act. Right. And if you don't play ball, they pay to get you uh, deplatformed. They'll pay, especially if you're a politician, they'll pay to have another candidate get you out of office. And so we see a series of incentives here and we see a series of disincentives. And what I want to do is really just uh, <clears throat> create the ability uh, for people to kind of see the playing field so that they can make their own 
decisions. Now, there's a lot of other, um, there's a lot of other stuff that's going on here, right? We're constantly being pressured through the media, uh, through our entertainment, through our news. Um, and I kind of want to go back and look specifically at the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky. Uh, and I'm reminded of uh, what Dr. Robert uh, Malone said. Now, Robert Malone is the inventor of the mRNA technology, and he's been an uh, outspoken critic of the mRNA vaccine. He was saying all during COVID that the technology was not used to create this type of vaccine. Uh, and I just I want to go back and I want to let you guys hear what Rochelle Walensky was saying. And this is going to start off with Dr. Malone. Her here thought, we were sitting around talking about Walensky, the CDC director, and the comment was, where did they find her? Because she just lies and lies and lies, and she doesn't bat an eyelid. It, it is amazing. Where would you find somebody that is willing to serve in that kind of a position and repeatedly lie um, with a straight face? Doctor, why did you and the Biden administration mislead the American people? Um, you'd have to say more. I mean, March, March 29, 2021. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus. Vaccinated people don't get sick. We got that information from clinical trials, but also real world data. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Seems to me there are a number of statements you make in there that aren't accurate. Um, do vaccinated people carry the virus? In March of 2021, um, the vast majority of data demonstrated that the vast majority of people were not getting infected if they were vaccinated. That's not what you said. You didn't say the vast majority of people. You said vaccinated people do not carry the virus. Was that accurate? Uh, it was generally accurate. Generally accurate. Why not just be accurate? Why not just tell the American people the truth? Why not say? Why not you say to the American people just what you said to me? We're big boys and girls. We pay your salary. The government is supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people. Why not just tell us the truth? Uh, you know, Tony, I get that he's been through this 30-year arc of, you know, creeping corruption and power and all the all the things Talking that he Tony does Fauci, and he yeah. is. But Rachel just came out of nowhere, and, and she's a master at it. She'll just look straight in the camera and lie. I was speaking... Well, six weeks later when you said if you were to get infected during post-vaccination, you can't give it to anyone else. Was that accurate? Uh, what was the date of that? May 19, 2021. So now data have emerged again that have demonstrated that even if you were to get uh, infected during um, post-vaccination, that you can't give it to anyone no. else. Um, at the time, we had the Wuhan strain and then the Alpha strain. That was the Alpha strain that was circulating. That was generally true, yeah. Generally true again? Why not again? Why not tell the American people this is generally true? For those of us that are that are well aware of the data and watching what's going on closely, we're, we're just gobsmacked. We're fascinated by this person that routinely comes on as a bureaucrat and misrepresents the truth um, uh, with with no no qualms. Well, it would have been nice if you'd have just been honest and straightforward with the American people every single time throughout this uh, throughout this virus. With that, I yield back. I have stood by my. Yeah, and the the reality is I'm going to show you some other data here. She knew she was talking about uh that she made that statement back in March of 2020 and that she was under the impression that that's what all the data was showing and we have now 
uh, FOIA released emails from January of 2020 where she's talking to uh, people saying flat out she knows that it doesn't work. She knows that it's an area of study and they're unsure. And they come out with these crazy claims like, you know, you hear Rachel Maddow, it stops. You cannot give it to another person. There was just this unbelievable pressure to get vaccinated. And I, you know, I remember making my uh, decision about, you know, not wanting to do it because I was looking at the data and I recognized that I seemed to be protected because I was counting these numbers myself. And, you know, as soon as Joe Biden came out and mandated it, the hospitals where I work said, you know, basically said you have the end of the week to get it done. And so I went and got the Johnson and Johnson, which was old technology. So that was killed virus and not the MRNA stuff because I knew why I, at, listen, as somebody who just understood basic science, the way these MRNA vaccines are supposed to work here, they are contained uh, messenger MRNA within these lipid nanoparticles that they inject into you. So these, you can think of these lipid nanoparticles that are just like little cells that just contain MRNA. Okay. You inject it into your body, it floats through your bloodstream, and it goes to all the cells in your body, all the healthy cells in your body, and these lipid nanoparticles put the mRNA into the cells. The mRNA then goes to your ribosomes and gets translated into the spike protein. The spike protein in your normal cell now then goes to the cell membrane of the normal cell and exhibits the spike protein, which stimulates your immune system to attack. And I thought to myself, why would I want that? Why would I want my immune system to be attacking my healthy tissue? This is back back in the day, like in in early 2020. I'm just like, this is like eighth grade uh, biology. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not eighth grade, but it's it's high school biology for sure. And medical school. I mean, it's so simple that 30 years later, I still remember it. I mean, it's that easy kind of stuff. And now, sure enough, you're seeing myocarditis, right? That's your heart muscle being attacked by your immune system. This was not like rocket science to figure out. And if I figured it out, it means that at least some of them had to figure it out, but they didn't care, right? And it's not just myocarditis, right? We're seeing strokes, right? We're seeing, I mean, listen, how many people out there have died and the media will not tell you what it was, right? Somebody that you would not expect to die young, prime of life, and they die, or you hear they died of a heart attack, all right? In my own orbit, I know so many people, and it's like you're never allowed to ask the question. And they never will take, you know, somebody who just died, David, just recently, somebody important, not important, but somebody, oh, it was the Canadian pole vaulter, right? The Canadian pole vaulter just died, and uh he's young and as fit as they come, and it's like, uh, he had some sort of undisclosed medical condition that started, you know, after 2021, like when the vaccines came out. I mean, are you kidding me? Undisclosed medical condition? Like, come on, man. It's happening way too often. And here's the thing that I've always said, too. Like, I'm I just I'm not even saying I'm right about stuff. But when I have questions, I want to talk about it. And when I want to talk about something and you tell me I'm not allowed to even talk about it and I'll be punished. Now I'm like, OK, what are you hiding? Right. That's like normal stuff here. And so these people went from one end of the spectrum. You're murderers. Uh, you're, you're killing other people by not doing it. 
uh, you're stupid. You should, we should withhold care from you. They went from that to, Hey, listen, I was just working on the best data available at that time. And then when we start pulling back the layers of things, you see the power structure is paid for, right? You see Congress is getting checks from the pharmaceutical companies. And this was politically beneficial to the people in charge to use COVID as a means to control us. And the way that all of this information extrapolates out into our show is if we don't have control over our own health care, it will be used against us and it will affect our freedom. And health care is just so important to maintain our freedom. Now, when uh, I'm looking here, I got this from uh, Hans Monkey on on X, formerly known as Twitter, and he's got um, Walensky was privately discussing breakthrough infections right at the start of the vaccine rollout in January of 2021. So Walensky just a minute ago was saying in March of 2021 that the data she was seeing confirmed that you don't get it and you don't pass it. But these new emails that were released from FISA, uh, uh, I'm sorry, from a FOIA request, uh, show that she was communicating with other people, uh, including Fauci. And she says here in an email from on Saturday, uh, January the 30th of 2021, um, she says, dear all, I had a call with Francis Collins this morning. And one of the issues we discussed was that of vaccine breakthroughs. This is clearly an important area of study and was specifically called out this week here. And she gives a website. Nancy and I discussed briefly a few weeks ago, and I understand that. And then the rest is redacted. And it's, she says at the end, should we discuss question mark? What is the next step forward? Francis is also discussing this with Tony. Thanks all, Rochelle. So, again, lying to us. And so I want to also kind of point out, you've got the CDC director that's knowingly spreading misinformation. It's so ironic, too, right? Because it was other people, myself included, being labeled as known spreaders of misinformation, and they tried to attack us. And now they get caught spreading actual misinformation, which, by the way, I hate the term. Because the only way for truth to work is she should be able to talk, but then I should also be able to talk. And then people decide when they see the facts for themselves. Now, I know there's always going to be more, um, you know, the more they get outed, the more they're going to try to defend themselves that they weren't just totally corrupt in this whole thing. And it's going to be tough. Uh, and now I want to hear Dr. Uh, Deborah Burks, who was also involved. She was uh, right there with Fauci uh, pushing this whole vaccine scam. And I want to hear I want you to hear what she had to say when she was up in front of Congress. You cannot make the conclusion that the vaccine will do better than natural infection, although it can often do slightly better. I think that's I mean, you're an expert. You were on the task force. You were part. She just said you can't make the argument that the vaccine will do better than natural immunity. That that sounds like something that I said back in the day and was, you know, attacked for it. So. I'm just a bit annoyed at these people because this is not they are clearly covering up the whole situation. Right. They were all in on this. They were they were completely playing us for suckers. They were browbeating us to to comply. And now that they're caught fully lying, I want you to listen to these pathetic attempts 
to lie their way out of it. This, this effort when you were in the previous administration, and you're saying in this administration that you can't rule out the fact that our government was lying to us when they told us the vaccinated could not get the virus. I don't know about their discussions that they had in the task force. So I can't tell you that. I can tell you as a family member who had individuals that were susceptible, of course we got everybody vaccinated. But we still use layered protection during surges <laughs> because I knew potentially the vaccine immunity would wane like natural immunity waned. And there was evidence that every four months reinfection was occurring in South Africa. Wow. When the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't transmit it, was that a lie or was that a guess? Or is it the same answer? I think it was hope that the vaccine would work in that way. And that's why I think scientists and public health leaders always have to be at the table. Are you kidding me? I think it was hope. Uh, uh, So here's the situation. Still today, doctors that are out there that are caring for your children, caring for you, they're still under the control of these three-letter agencies and these medical boards that we I've demonstrated to you that they are at least sometimes wrong, right? I mean, it's hard to believe, uh, you know, she said, of course I got my family members vaccinated. Well, I'm a pretty smart guy. I was looking at the data and I didn't, of course, just do it. I just explained to you why I wouldn't with my understanding of high school level biology, like that didn't make sense to me, you know? And, you know, kind of some of the information that I had that other people didn't have when I was working in the hospitals was I was seeing how they were collecting the data, which was they were only collecting data that they wanted and they were discarding data that they didn't want. I mean, this is the first aspect of understanding uh, scientific literature in how you gather data and how you look at the data. Like you can't just, I've talked to you about when I was in medical school and when I was in residency, we used to have journal clubs and I'm, I hope they still have them today, but I don't know the way the world is going, but journal clubs were designed to have us all read the same articles. And then we would discuss them about the power of the articles Were they, you know, how did they, um, what was the level of the study, which was how, how, you know, how did they work to minimize the bias that's inherent in every single study? And so certain things were like, Back in the day, I was trained to basically, if the company that funded the study, uh, you know, is, it's like, for example, if, if, um, Pfizer funds the study that shows that the Pfizer vaccine is effective, like we would just dismiss that outright, right? Cause it was too much of a conflict of interest and I was not allowed to use that. In particular, there were something like in my orthopedic boards, chondroitin and glucosamine to treat joint issues, 30, Plus, like 30 something uh, articles were available that supported the use of glucosamine and chondroitin, but they were all funded by the companies that sell glucosamine and chondroitin. And so the position of the uh, American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons was that we could not recommend it as being effective. Okay. But here, that just seems to go by the wayside. And so you got this person and listen to her like, oh, I can't speak to it. You were number two. It was you and Fauci on the task force. What are you talking about? You weren't privy to these conversations. This is unbelievable to me. And it, you know, in the, at the end of the day, it's not turned out to be a small thing, right? We've got, um, Sergio Aguero. You just saw the, um, the, uh, Argentina win the World Cup. Okay. Sergio Aguero is one of my favorite 
uh, strikers. He's been on the national team, but he had a heart issue, right? He had a heart issue recently, and he could no longer play soccer. And I'm always like, man, like that was like one of the best players in the world. And he has this weird heart situation that ended his uh, professional career, and he missed out on the World Cup. I mean, there's so much of this stuff, and all I want to do is talk about it. Was this related to the vaccine? Uh, should we, you know, should my kids get this? And that's the thing that blows my mind. These people, they're not all dumb. Some of them are dumb. Lots of them are dumb. They're, lots of them are also very ideological. But, man, they're mandating this stuff on their own children. And that's where I'm just getting really disconnected about how are you doing this with the evidence that's available to at least raise the question. And then on top of that, we know that the data has always showed that uh, school-aged children are bulletproof from this, as close as you can be. You know, of course, they're going to be, ah, that's not true. There's some people get It's less than the flu, okay? So you should freak out about COVID less than you freak out about the flu when your kids get the flu, which for most of us is like not at all. Of course, there are some kids out there that got issues. They get the flu. It's a bigger deal. But for most of us, we don't really sleep in terror at night worrying if our kids get the flu listen to very her. clear what we know and what we this, don't this know. is this is important for the country to know so when i asked the question when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it and i asked you if it was a guess or a lie you said you don't know you said you think it was a hope so what we do know is it wasn't the truth so they were either guessing lying or hoping and communicating that information to the to the to the citizens of this country I think they were hoping, but you should know in those original phase three trials that were done in this country that we only measured for symptomatic disease. So we weren't proactively testing everybody in those trials to see if they got infected with mild or asymptomatic disease. And so people had to present within the clinical trial. I, I'm just, so I, we I'm, never had the data that it was yeah. going to protect against asymptomatic infection. I'm just struck with the... Do you, does that, is she making her point? Does she sound good there? Like we just didn't bother looking at it. We, you know, we didn't want to see what any of this stuff. We just wanted to, you know, get it out there. I mean, it's utterly unbelievable. And now you have these clowns in media, uh, politics, these late night comedians, uh, you know, advocating for policy that if you're unvaccinated, you don't do what we say to do, which they all turn out to be wrong about, but, if we didn't do it, like we should be denied care, we should be denied treatment. You know, they're they're tra- talking about central digital bank currency, right? That means you lose control of your money, right? They can it's all computerized, so it just goes from the people who pay you into your bank account, and then you use it. But if the government decides they don't like the way you behave, like maybe you just won't get your money. Oh, that could never happen. Did you not see what happened with the truckers in? Canada, the truckers in Canada that were sick of these lockdowns, they were trying to protest and they were driving up to the Capitol to go protest Justin Trudeau and Trudeau locked out their bank accounts. He basically made it so they couldn't buy food, couldn't buy gas, couldn't buy anything. And he just recently got busted as uh, Justin Trudeau. They ruled that that was an unlawful order on his part. Uh, now, I'm not really sure what the penalty is going to be. He's still running Canada. But the point I'm trying to make is freedom matters. Freedom of your health care, 
freedom to do business. That's why the U.S. Constitution is so important. And, you know, I remember hearing Barack Obama talking about, well, the problem with the Constitution is it's a bunch of negative rights about what the government can do. And what it does is ignore what the government can do for people. That's a complete misunderstanding of what the Constitution is. It is supposed to be a negative document enshrining our individual God-given liberties from a government and telling them what they cannot do to us. They cannot limit our speech. They cannot infringe on our Second Amendment rights to keep and bear arms. Unlawful uh, searches and seizures. There's constitutional rights that we have. Now, they're not following them, right? And throughout time, they never have, right? That's why you hear, and this is some, this is wisdom that I've learned over time is when I was young and growing up in the Reagan era and they used to, you know, Reagan would say freedom is only one generation away from being lost. You know, freedom isn't free, all this kind of stuff. And in my head, I used to say, well, I'm glad it's resolved here in the United States. I don't have to worry about this anymore because we got our freedom. Well, we don't. It's always a battle and it always will be a battle. You know, when we were a younger country, there was an escaped slave named Dred Scott, and his case went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Democrat-led uh, Supreme Court ruled that Dred Scott was not a man. He was property, and therefore he had no standing before the court. And so straight back to slavery he went. So that was not a moral, accurate um, institution of our laws, and it under, and it underlies the whole concept that the fight for freedom is going to be ongoing forever, and we have to fight for it. Now, I'm trying to point out to you that we're being manipulated all the time by media and all these different people and the power brokers, the elites that want to control us. They're trying to control the way we see the world, and that's why I always use this example. They are anti-Second Amendment the powers, the power brokers. And I remember watching an amazing show that I really enjoyed, The Sons of Anarchy. It bothered me a little bit that I liked it because the Sons of Anarchy are gangsters and murderers kind of, but we're rooting for them. It was kind of weird and made me feel a little bit dirty, but you know they do a good job of creating this hero worship. And I remember as a young person having some statistic in my head that if you owned a gun, statistics show you were more likely to be killed by that gun than you were to fend off any invader into your home. And I wasn't a gun guy. Like I, you know, I didn't really shoot guns. My family didn't own guns. My father was in the military, but uh, you know, we played toy gun stuff, but I mean, I I wasn't like a firearms guy at the time when I was in my twenties, I would have been like, ah, right to keep, who cares? I mean, I don't, I don't need one. I live in the USA where I'm totally free and I'm totally protected by the police. That's kind of how I used to think about things. But Anyway, I had this statistic in my head that people who own guns, and the reason the statistic was in my head is because the system, even back then, was trying to get people to believe this thing. So I'm watching the Sons of Anarchy, and they have this scenario where our heroes, the Sons of Anarchy, are going to break into the police, uh, the police chief's house and try to scare the wife. Uh, into doing something. I can't remember the story because it was so long ago. But bottom line is our heroes, the Sons of Mary, they're going to break into her house and they're just going to try to scare her. They mean her no harm at all. They just want to scare her so that they can do something. And so they break into her house and she goes for the gun and the gun, you know, accidentally goes off and she gets killed. 
And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, that is exactly the scenario of this statistic that's in my head, right? They, it's, it's out there. They're every show you watch, you know? I'm always trying to point out now, whenever you see the villain, right, they're always going to be an American flag there. I want you to look for it. Like some disgusting, hateful, villainous person, they'll be wearing a cap with an American flag on it. Or, you know, they'll be anybody who's sort of paying homage to the American flag, they're going to portray as a villain because they want you to associate uh, negative thoughts and negative feelings towards the American flag. Okay. Now, this happens in scientific research too. They're... When the system wants to promote some sort of behavior, they will not do even the slightest bit of study evaluation to determine the power of a study. They just want you to believe it. And Cheryl Atkinson did a great uh, article that she released on December 30th of 2023, so just a few months ago, but it was CDC data. COVID vaccinated kids are more likely to be hospitalized for respiratory illnesses. Do you hear what I just said? Vaccinated. So this is the CDC data. So Cheryl Atkinson went and got a uh, CDC data and what the data demonstrated were that COVID vaccinated kids were more likely to be hospitalized for respiratory illnesses. Well, that seems weird because let me read the abstract that was written by the CDC or th- that was published by, uh, and, and put out there by the CDC. Let me read their abstract, okay? So when you're reading the abstract here, it says SARS-CoV-2 infections in young children are often mild or asymptomatic. However, some children are at risk from severe disease. Data describing the protective effectiveness of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines against COVID-19 associated emergency department visits and hospitalizations in this population are limited. So there's all this blah, blah, blah. But then you get down to the bottom and they say, when compared with the receipt of no vaccines among children, receipt of greater than two COVID mRNA vaccines doses was 40% effective in preventing emergency department visits and hospitalization. Okay, so the CDC is looking at the data here and they are saying that it was 40% effective at preventing emergency room visits. So Cheryl Atkinson says, you know what? I want to read the data for myself, which is what we're always talking about on this show, right? Don't just have an expert tell you what's up and don't just necessarily trust somebody because of their education or their position or their title that you should look at the data on yourself. And you saw Don Lemon in there actually talking about these stupid people out there that think they can do their own research. So there's already this push to kind of convince you like, don't do your own research. Only dumb people do that. No, smart people do that because... That's the only way to protect yourself. So let's actually look at what the data actually says. So Cheryl Atkinson reading this data notes in the very same data that was just, I just read to you uh, in the abstract where the CDC is saying that it's beneficial to get vaccinated for kids. Uh, this is what the data actually shows. In a recent CDC study, not noted in the summaries or write-ups, the data shows the vast majority of kids in the United States are unvaccinated for COVID. And the vast majority of hospital hospital visits of kids for any reason were among unvaccinated. Okay, so that means more since most kids in the country are unvaccinated, the most visits to the hospital are going to be by unvaccinated kids just by virtue of the fact that most kids are unvaccinated. Okay, but the covid vaccinated kids were very disproportionately more likely to get intensive care treatment 
So 5.4% of the vaccinated versus 4.5% of the unvaccinated. They were more likely to be admitted for inpatient treatment. 55% of vaccinated kids were admitted for uh, uh, treat, um, inpatient treatment, while 44% were uh, of the unvaccinated. They were also more likely to require supplemental oxygen. 36% of vaccinated kids were uh, required supplemental oxygen versus only 28% of the unvaccinated. The vaccinated kids were also likely to stay in the hospital longer for three days versus only two days for vaccinated kids. And here's one. The vaccinated kids were more likely to die. 0.094% of the vaccinated versus 0.031% of the unvaccinated. The vaccinated kids taken to the hospital had been vaccinated for COVID within the last two to three months. Now, the CDC concludes that its data proves COVID vaccines benefit children, even though they have little to no risk from this disease. Uh, and they even admit that the vaccines don't prevent trans, uh, transmission or prevent illness. And even though the vaccines carry serious risks to both uh, identified and as yet unidentified kids. So the CDC's interpretation of the data highlights it in a way that's positive for vaccine. But when you read the actual data, it seems to be decidedly negative. And the point that I'm trying to make with there, and I hope it wasn't too convoluted and complicated, was you got to read the data, right? It's kind of like the same thing they did with the climate change data, right? They said 97% of climate scientists agree. And then when you actually read the data, it was two-thirds of the scientists said they had no idea. And then of the 30% that uh, responded to the question, 97% said it may. Not that it does, but it may. And that got turned into 97% of climate scientists agree. So my my warning to all of you is do your own research. Don't trust people just because of their uh, at, um, because of their uh, title. And then you may be asking yourself, how could this happen? How could we be in this situation? Well, I want you to hear this medical student uh, in Wisconsin talking about full-term abortions. Abortions should be unrestrictive. And I think when somebody finds out in pregnancy, when or how far along that they are when someone finds out, they should be able to get an abortion if they want to. And for some people, that is full-term. If I can't get abortion training here, if I can't perform abortions in my career, I will not stay in Wisconsin. And a lot of my colleagues who are on the same track agree. All right. Thank you. So this is a sad situation. These are our upcoming medical students. And, you know, we are trained with the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. And I'm sorry, but murdering a baby after it's born or a full term baby is immoral. It's wrong. It's evil. It shouldn't happen. And if the people that we are bringing into our medical schools don't value life in this way, how can you count on them to protect you as they go out throughout their careers and they become pediatricians and surgeons and orthopedic surgeons and endocrinologists and cancer treating doctors? They're very, very unlikely to stand up for life and to stand up for you. And that's when I asked the question, how can these people be mandating these vaccines that we know are sometimes harmful and seriously harmful for kids that have almost no risk of harm from this disease? How can they do that? Well, I think that shows you right there. 
We need to start getting our morality back. We need to start getting our civilization back. And that, be, that comes from speaking the truth and doing our own research. I hope this was helpful. I still, I have so much more to get to. And so we're going to be bringing it up more in future podcasts. Um, email us, scott at americaswebradio.com. Email us. Let us know what you think of the shows. Uh, give me some critiques. Uh, this show is for you guys. I really want to expose you guys to medicine and all the pros and cons that are going on with it. Uh, listen, there's a lot of great doctors out there and there's a lot of great young people, but we have to vote in order to win, in order to get our country back, in order to get our healthcare system back. We have to vote for people that believe in medical freedom. Um, love you guys. See you next time. You're listening to Dr. Scott Barber on the doctor's lounge. This is America's web radio, and we will see you next time. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.